Your patients approach you with health-related articles from the newspaper or medical stories they saw on the evening news. Many of these stories are reported by certified medical professionals. How do the skills of a clinician translate for those also working in medical journalism? You are listening to ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I am your host, Dr. Mark Nolan Hill, Professor of Surgery and Practicing General Surgeon. Our guest today is Dr. Maria Simbra, medical reporter for KDKA-TV, the CBS network station in Pittsburgh. A member of the KDKA news team since 2002, Dr. Simbra is also a practicing board-certified neurologist. Welcome, Dr. Simbra. Thanks for having me, Mark. We are discussing Dr. Simbra's work as a medical journalist. Well, Dr. Simbra, a practicing MD with a journalism degree. Explain, please. Yeah, it's not very common. A lot of the TV docs don't actually go back and get their master's degree in journalism and mass communications, but that is indeed something I did when I was in private practice. Wow. So I have dual degrees. I wanted to do something a little bit different with my career. You know, it's tough being in private practice, doing the same thing over and over again every 15 minutes. I think you can relate to that on your office days. You know, I wanted to do something that kind of incorporated some of the things I was more interested in in my youth. I was always a writer. I was in the music and theater, and I wrote music. So it was always about far more creative things for me that kind of had to go away when I went to college and the intensity of med school and so forth. Well, let me ask you, interrupt you right here. Well, why did you go to medical school? Why didn't you just pursue the arts? Right, right. Well, you know, it was tough. I made the decision when I was 20. And I made the decision like most 20-year-olds. <laughs> uh, my, my friends were going to medical school. My father was a doctor. My teachers were encouraging me because of my good grades to, you know, go to medical school. And you have so little life experience to base those big decisions on at that time. So, of course, you listen to your elders who you assume have your best interests at heart. So I went. And, of course, I got in. <laughs> but the thing is, <laughs> once you're in the medical education system, you can't get out. I mean, sure. Well, let me, let me mm-hmm. ask you, why did you choose neurology? Well, it was a rotation early in my third year, and I really did enjoy it. At the time, I really enjoyed the emphasis on physical diagnosis and really trying to figure out, you know, where the lesion is and put the puzzle together. That was appealing to me. And, and that part of medicine still is appealing to me. I, I enjoy the analytical component of that. But, you know, I wanted to incorporate some of my more creative interests. And back when I was trying to decide how to change careers, I thought, well, TV journalism would certainly be a way to incorporate both the analytical part that I enjoy of medicine plus the writing and the performing that I enjoyed when I was younger. You're mentioning two different things that are very, very interesting. One is writing, and then the other is performing. Tell us about both. Right. Well, you know, as a TV medical reporter, you have to be cognizant of both of those things. I mean, your writing skills, I think, have to be very sharp, especially in a breaking news situation. I mean, you have to be able to write at the drop of a hat. If there's a big, important story, you have to be able to put it together in very little time. Do you actually write it, or does someone write it for you? No, I do. All my own writing. On occasion, I will have to do a subscription piece, for instance, if there's a day I can't get a photographer just due to the news demands of the day. But by and large, most of my reports are written by myself. I do have a producer who sometimes, you know, look over my shoulder, but that that's a rare occasion. <laughs> we just don't have the uh, luxury of somebody writing for me in a local newsroom. And then clearly you're on the television and the performing aspect. That's right. So, 
you know, you have to be able to speak conversationally, you know, simplify the words. Don't say things like efficacy. You say how well it works. You know? <laughs> Some, you, if you can say it in four one-syllable words, that's better than one big, gigantic four-syllable word. So. Well, was this something uh, while you were in your residency that was just gnawing at you saying, I've got to do this as well? Yeah, I didn't recognize it as such as I was coming up through my medical training. I mean, I always busied myself with other things at that time. For instance, I was very involved in the American Medical Association. And when I was in medical school, I was very much into politics, and I ran some political campaigns in the AMA at that time. But what I realized was what I enjoyed about that was the writing. I liked the writing of the speeches. I liked the delivering of the speeches. I didn't like the nastiness of politics. So I ended up... Um, you know, incorporating that and recognizing that that was the direction I wanted to go. But that was only after the final straw of being in practice and no more training to do, no more fellowships to pursue. This was going to be it. And I realized then I really had to make a change. Well, what percent do you practice medicine and what percent do you practice uh, journalism? It's a very small part of what I do now, my clinical practice. I, I see patients one day a week at the University of Pittsburgh. I do only outpatient neurology at this point. I'm four days a week at the station. Earlier, when I was still in private practice, I saw patients two half days a week, and I was at the station three days. So, you know, it's changed over the years that I'm doing more now at the station, and I absolutely love what I do at the station. Just don't tell my bosses. If you have just joined us, you are listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM157. I am your host, Dr. Mark Nolan-Hill, and our guest today is Dr. Maria Simbra, medical reporter for KDKA-TV, the CBS network station in Pittsburgh, and a practicing board-certified neurologist. We're discussing Dr. Simbra's work as a medical journalist. Dr. Simbra, what made you actually pursue your journalistic training in a formal fashion rather than just go to the TV station and do what you're doing now? After I realized that this was something that I wanted to do, I started to write to news directors. I wrote to people who covered television as a beat to ask them what I needed to do to get into the business. I got very few replies, but one news director did get back to me, and he told me I had to go back to school. And I think he told me that to try to get rid of me. <laughs> you know, you tell a doctor she has to go back to school, she probably is not going to do that. But I showed him. I went back to school, and I got my master's degree in journalism and mass communications, and I came back to the station. I said, well, what do I do now? And I think it really helped him see that I was very serious, that this is what I wanted to do. And he offered me an internship at the station as part of my master's degree. And things just worked out that I stayed on as their medical reporter. Now, when you went to school for your journalism degree and master's degree, were you still full-time practicing? At that point, I went part-time. I was in private practice at that time, so my group was very accommodating. I went to two half days at that point. I was doing the internship at the station at that point as well and going to night class for my journalism degree. So... You know, my type A super achiever <laughs> self is juggling all these balls as, as usual. Well, was it your desire for uh, an expansion of your interest in uh, journalism and reporting, or was it frustration with practicing medicine as a neurologist, the rigors of primary care? I think I really just wanted to do something different. Why? I'm not sure that medicine was the right choice for me from the beginning. Like I said, I, I made the decision very much like 20-year-olds do <laughs> in a relatively uninformed fashion. And, you know, I'd had these crises all along the way through my medical training, 
thinking that I'd really done the wrong thing with my life. I admire your frankness on that. There's not many physicians who would actually admit that. Could you expand upon that? Sure. After my first year of medical school, I kind of wondered if perhaps this wasn't the right choice. I mean, I wasn't really enjoying what I was studying. I mean, it was okay, but, you know, it didn't light my world on fire in any way. And I went to the school counselor, and I told her, you know, I think I really did the wrong thing with my life. And, of course, her job, though, is to keep you in medical school. So she tells you, well, you know, stick with it. It'll get better when you get to your clerkships. It'll get better when you get to your residency. So, again, you trust your advisors. You stick with it. It doesn't get better. It just gets different. So, you know, you go along the way, and I had more crises like that along the way. And I almost did leave my residency. I was that frustrated. And the best advice I ever got, though, was from one of my attendings at that time who said, Maria, just stick with it. You will have so much more credibility if you finish and just get to some logical ending point with this, and that'll open so many more doors for you than if you quit now in the middle of your residency. And I think he was right. I think it did open doors for me that I was a practicing neurologist at the time that I you know, decided to pursue something at KDKA, and you know, things just sort of fell into place. I want to ask you a question specifically about neurology. Certainly, uh, you're a people person, and you enjoy uh, interpersonal uh, relations and interactions. Neurologists, as you know, among physicians, are always thought to be the brainiacs. They're the ones who are the brightest, the most esoteric, the ones in the minutia, uh, the the ones who are involved in large part with diagnoses uh, of complex neurological disorders. Why did you specifically choose neurology knowing your interest in people, in communication and such? As I mentioned, it was one of my early rotations my third year, and I think I liked it for that reason, because it involved physical diagnosis, because it involved interacting with the patients. So I think it was a natural choice for me at that point in where I was. Over time, like in most specialties, you end up seeing the same things over and over again, and it does get to be a little humdrum after a while, but... You know, I think that goes for a lot of physicians in any specialty. Well, let me ask you a simple question. I don't even know the answer to this at all, and I'm sure many of our listeners don't. Are most medical reporters on television and radio physicians? I would say there is a variety. And here's the other thing I would say. In many markets, they do not have a medical reporter. It tends to be a more large market phenomenon because the medical reporter, quite frankly, is a luxury at many stations. If a big medical story comes along, it's often given to a general assignment reporter, let's say, if it's in a smaller market. And maybe the next day they might be on, you know, the crime beat or something along those lines. So in big markets, yes, I think in many cases it is a physician because that's something the station sees as promotable, something that they can say to their viewers, hey, look at this doctor that you might be seeing as a patient someday who is also on our TV station. But there are many medical reporters, even in large markets, who aren't doctors, who do a very good job at this. Now, do they have a vested interest in keeping you as a practicing physician for credibility purposes? You know, I have continued to practice for that reason. I don't know if your producers told you, but I'm switching my medical focus. I'm retiring from neurology at the end of July, and I am pursuing public health, actually, as my new specialty. So that'll probably take place in the next year or two. You you were asking me about the credibility. I I think they like the fact that perhaps people might see me as a doctor in the community. I don't think it's crucial. 
Well, let's talk about your, the patients that you have, uh, at least right now. Do they look at you as less credible because you spend most of your time on the air as opposed to in the office? Actually, I get an opposite reaction. I think they're just thrilled that I <laughs> 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 that they, oh, I see you on TV, they'll say. Or I remember when I was in private practice, I was uh, doing consults one weekend, and the patient looked up at me and says, oh, they sent you to see me? <laughs> I got a big kick out of that. I thought that was kind of funny. <laughs> I want to thank our guest, Dr. Maria Simbra. We've been discussing Dr. Simbra's work as a medical journalist. I'm Dr. Mark Nolan-Hill, and you have been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. Be sure to visit our website at reachmd.com, featuring on-demand podcasts of our entire library. For comments and questions, please call us toll-free at 888-MD-XM-157. And thank you for listening.